Welcome to the Tucson Bitcoin Podcast. Today, my guest is Julia Torinsky. She's back on the show, and we're talking, you know, kind of a continuation of what we discussed last time as far as everything falling apart and how do you protect yourself from it. I think this is, you know, a conversation I have a lot on the show, and it's just because it's apparent. Like, everything is extremely volatile right now, and it's time to be preparing for the the inevitable of what's what's coming of just more chaos, more disruption of our economy, more totalitarian uh, policies. Like, you know, just this week, they're the biggest em- or second biggest employer in Tucson decided to roll through vax mandates. And a lot of people are up in arms, you know, but this, this is all stuff that we've seen coming. And this is why Bitcoin is probably one of the most important tools to have right now as far as like being able to build economic power uh, to have savings that aren't being debased and controlled and to have money that can't get confiscated and censored like that's just where we're at where that's kind of an inevitability um, but yeah uh, no video for this one audio is kind of rough I think zoom was giving me uh, some issues but I hope you enjoy this conversation before we get into it uh, definitely go and check out my other show toxic airwaves uh, Skeef is my co-host and we just have a lot of awesome conversations on there. Uh, it's a live show every five, every Monday night at 5.30 Arizona time where people can call in. They can argue with us like they did last week about, you know, whether it's worth going lobbying politicians on uh, Bitcoin laws or not. And we we take the, the stance it's not, you know, it's just a waste of time because these these people really don't care is what my personal opinion is they have an agenda that they want to put through and bitcoin is a big big obstacle for them and they're going to fight it and trying to lobby them is a waste of time like i don't think that uh being free means asking permission i think it's the exact opposite and that we create change around getting as many you know intolerant people as possible to have powerful tools and then they have to uh, change their role and so I'm pretty excited about this upcoming uh, Toxic Airways episode I think we're pretty fired up after last week we went for like three and a half hours uh, we're definitely not going to go that far that long this time but yeah and definitely go check out the Arizona Bitcoin Network on Meetup uh, we have some awesome meetups coming up uh, that I'm really really stoked about and yeah hope you enjoy this episode Good to have you on again, Julia. Thanks for doing this. Hi, good to be back. So I was going through our, our last conversation and you were talking about the, um, the a coming reckoning in the economy. And it seems like we're, we're starting to really get into it and things are getting really interesting. Yeah, I think people's standard of living is going to go down significantly. And um, it's going to be, well, it's already happening, but... It's going to be pretty shocking for people who, you know, sat at home for two years and supported lockdowns and now they're ready to go to restaurants and, you know, send their kids to school and everything. And there's no one out there to work Yeah. there. So half the restaurants or more will just open and have no staff and have to close. And uh, you won't have childcare because childcare workers don't want to work and teachers don't want to work and. So yeah, good luck, everybody. Um, not to be like mean about it, but that's the reality. Yeah, no, it is the reality. And it's, 
I think what's important for people to understand is that there's real world consequences for their uh, decisions and what they support. Like we, <laughs> we just saw this week, I guess uh, they're calling the national garden in Massachusetts to get kids to school because they don't have school bus drivers. It's getting ridiculous. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Things like that. Very basic workers that don't want to work anymore. Yeah. And why would you, why would you want to do jobs that, you know, don't pay very much um, relative to the rising prices. And when you can just sit on welfare, you can just print money. Right. So I don't, I don't blame those people. It's funny because you have like, the general population who's basically like that. And then you have people that were, I personally know people that were laid off from prestigious jobs like pilots who are now working at restaurants and just desperate to work and do something and happy to do it. So there's this funny dichotomy showing that no, not everyone's the same. People are highly variant and different. And there's almost like two classes of types of people, people that always want to work no matter what. And people that, don't yeah yeah and then there's people like you that have kind of seen these things come in and have taken steps to uh insulate yourself a little bit from it i was uh watching your youtube channel and admiring your chicken coop as i'm in the process of building my own right now well that's exciting yeah it's a really fun process yeah and i i don't really like chickens um but um, who does just, uh, <laughs> they're horrible little animals but um i mean i have a soft spot for some of my chickens but once you actually keep livestock you have a better sense of reality when it comes to animals hmm. um and you know in some cases you love them more uh, in some cases you realize that you you don't have as much empathy for them as you may have had before owning them um, it depends on the animal, obviously. So, yeah, animals are also very different. <laughs> yeah. All right. How's your relationship with your geese right now? Oh, my geese are just fantastic. Um, they're such good guards. They don't go to bed until I go close the coop. So they just like wander around the coop at night, even though they're basically blind at night. So they're very brave birds. Um, they've kind of adopted, I got a bunch of Muscovy ducks, so they've adopted those and kind of protect them and, you know, watch over them. They're very wonderful, loyal geese. I really, really like them. And my, my male goose is still aggressive towards a lot of people, um, and has bitten my two-year-old a few times and we call it goose kisses. And she gets this little mark. Um, I mean, they'll attack you and bite you and it will hurt, but they can't like hurt, you know, they can't hurt you even if a kid like they can't really do any long-term damage uh, because they're they don't fly really domesticated geese barely fly so they don't have that wing power mm -hmm. um so you don't have to worry about it too much but yeah no love the geese um i would be very upset if something happened to those guys yeah yeah is that like their main uh function is to act as guards for the other animals for the chickens ducks uh, that's what I use them for, and they do a very good job. Yeah, they're just kind of at the top of the pecking order, and they also, you know, with power comes responsibility. They watch over everybody as well. Yeah, I got attacked by um, 
geese as a as a kid so i'd probably have to work through some fears around that if you hand raise them it's a lot better and also you can avoid male geese you can just have female geese and they will not attack you yeah unless they're you know sitting on a nest but that's your own fault at that point yeah yeah i mean working through those fears is is kind of fun like i um uh have some major fears around rattlesnakes but have been able to work through it and uh corral them without much issue still get like this crazy uh fear that overcomes me but it's yeah i don't have that with geese that bad but (laughs) it's a pretty good fear to have though probably avoid poisonous snakes if you can yeah this topic of you know self-sustainability and and being i think it's so empowering and this is a big part of what I feel like Bitcoin's about. Um, how do you, how do you think it kind of like impacts your family's uh, emotional, mental, spiritual health, kind of versus just being dependent entirely on this messed up system? I think you know a lot of what we do isn't large scale enough to be like fully relied upon. It's more like playing sustainability, and at this point that's very good prep for if things do go bad, like we know what it would take to scale it. And we are working towards getting more land and being able to scale it, um, et cetera. But um, it's kind of like we're doing a big test run. So there's, you know, if, if society like fully collapses, like my chicken coop probably won't save me, you know, I'll have a little more food than other people, but you also have to defend that food and, there's a lot of things that are still very uncertain, even if you like have a garden and have some animals, it still depends where you are. And if you have enough firepower and manpower to defend those things. And um, honestly, if you're really worried about a big collapse, like get into um, a way to store food because that's actually easier to defend. Mm-hmm. But for the long run, I think learning those skills over the year, because the thing is, you can't just like, you can't just like start a farm and just like have it work. And then, you know, you're self-sustainable. You have to practice and figure things out that you can't read in books. It's just a matter of experience. So anyone who's interested in being off the grid or whatever you want to call it, you, you do have to start somewhere. You can't just like, abandon your life and in one season become sustainable farmer or animal keeper. Um, but yeah, try, try it, you know, start small. And I would definitely recommend keeping animals as a sustainable thing versus like farming or having a garden because that is, that work is way harder and way less reliable animal keeping is a lot more reliable and if you have animals like cattle or geese that just eat grass and you have the acreage like you won't have to worry about where to get your animals food with chickens that's a problem all the grocery stores are gone all the feed stores are closed so what are you feeding your chickens they'll sure they'll walk around eat bugs to an extent but chickens are a high protein animal like to lay eggs every day They'll just stop laying eggs and then you'll just eat your chickens. So there's those kinds of considerations. Like, and do you want to be giving, if you've stored up grain, you want to be feeding chickens grain so they could hopefully lay an egg that someone won't steal. 
so yeah it's not the most simple solution yeah yeah it's a, it, it's amazing how much there is to it and i've i've experienced that with bitcoin and running nodes and you know looking at all the different types of software and wallets gone down that rabbit hole a little bit with 3d printing and yeah getting into this stuff it's it, it's interesting because there's just so many factors that go into it like uh, whether or not the uh, you know climate is suitable to grow certain things and you know weather conditions and rainfall and it's it's amazing but it, it definitely like puts it into perspective how complicated uh, our economy and and food delivery supply and you know stuff like that is puts it in a different light. Yeah, so we're getting to like peak clown world right now. Um, I'm not sure if you followed the Met Gala or whatever that was called in New York with AOC and her stupid dress. Um, yeah, I saw that. That was, I, I saw a good tweet that said, my kids spend eight hours a day in school wearing masks. <laughs> and this is what these people are doing. Yeah. What what's kind of your prediction for like the next six months to a year with the trajectory we're on with just all of this insanity? It really depends. Uh, there's you know elections going on and um, Canada rushed an election and I think actually the conservatives will win because Canadians are very passive aggressive and they're gonna you know grumble under their breath and not say anything and then they'll vote how they actually feel. So I think they've taken it too far, too fast. And I think the conservatives will win. And I think they will at least stop funding the VAX passports and stop fear-mongering as much. And um, I don't know if they will dial back immediately, um, but I also don't see them running on a platform of COVID fear like the liberals are. So I'm hoping for that political turnover and that will at least de-escalate the situation in Canada. Um, Australia is a whole trip. So they need to, they need the, the population there seriously needs needs to take their future into their hands. Otherwise it's just gonna be worse and worse and worse and worse. Uh, this power doesn't stop on its own. Mm -hmm. um, America's basically a split society now. <laughs> I'm glad I'm in Texas. <laughs> Um, and even within Texas, there are battles. There's a bunch of, you know, schools defying the mask on a mandate, I guess you can call it. And um, it's been interesting. And, you know, I, I had a video up for a while talking about how this is the people at this point leading this. Like, so if a bunch of parents want to mask their kids forever, like that's not the government's fault at this point. This is like your neighbor. So you need to figure out what kind of neighbors you want and where you want to live and what kind of people you want to be around. And unfortunately, people are so um, comfy cozy in their everyday lives that the possibility of their child dying from something that's actually quite rare for them to die from more rare than a car crash right but it's novel so it scares people they just shut down completely and destroy their lives and destroy their kids lives and health in other ways and because they're not willing to take the risk so we're just that kind of society now that's what happens when we have a system where 
very weak people are prioritized. And I don't necessarily mean that in a derogatory way towards physically weak people. I actually mean that more towards mentally weak people. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a wild system. Like people are so detached from real world consequences that they're allowed to just, you know, sit on their butts and rake in money by being freeloaders pretty much like Tucson particular, you know, six out of the 10 top employers of the city or, or government agencies, you know, and it's not about um, producing anything of value for society. It's about, I don't know, it's just extracting wealth, you know, from the productive people and it totally messes up all the incentives. It, it, it's wild to, to watch. And yeah. Yeah. It's crazy and it's not sustainable. And I think in my lifetime, there's going to be, a horrific financial crisis and i think it's probably coming very soon um i don't know how long they'll be able to kind of draw it out i think i think the crisis could be a very kind of slow crisis over a couple of years you know with just like more and more problems snowballing but slow enough so that people don't you know um freak out on the streets that would be ideal for the system if it's just like very gradual but um i don't know i don't think anyone can predict that 100 percent. but what we can't say 100 percent is that it will happen at some point yeah it would be ideal for the system do you think it'd also be ideal for average people to have a little bit more time to prepare or do you think it would be better for there to just be a total collapse and then people um, would adjust I don't know. I think the people that like, how much more time do people need? If people were not woken up two years ago, like, I'm sorry, buddy, that's your problem at this point. Um, and then the people who don't have the resources to prepare, they're not going to have the resources to prepare now more than ever. Like it's worse now. So I don't know, a, a big reset and a big crash um, is gonna, you know, it's going to benefit those that were ready for it. Um, and it might benefit, but it might benefit the power structures even more because they know what's coming. Like the ones that are, the ones that are really paying attention, they know it's coming. Um, but the kind of political talking heads, they'll be destroyed. That'll be funny. Like, like look at Trudeau, like he was so confident and he, you know, just print more money, forgive some debt, blah, blah, blah. And he will probably lose this election because he's a moron and he can't even get out of his tour bus without people throwing things at him. <laughs> it's amazing to watch. <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't act like a tyrant when you're actually a pussy. I think that's the <laughs> that's the lesson for Trudeau. Yeah, he's he's like one of the worst of all. Throwing pebbles at me, please. Yeah. I will vaccinate you. Yeah, he's just he's a he's a horrible actor too. Listening to him talk is just it's ridiculous. Oh yeah. I you know, everybody like I went through like huge black pill dark hole and you really just have to laugh at all these people and all these things and it's really hard to do when like your lives are impacted by it, right? Everyone's lives are impacted by other people. Like this is the libertarian issue like you can't no you, leave me alone doesn't work dude you will never be left alone ever your life is impacted by everyone else around you so that philosophy is never gonna happen 
Um, so yeah, it's, it is unfortunate because like, no matter how prepared you are, you're still affected by everyone else. And if everyone around you is isolating or panicked or full of fear all the time, and like your kids can't hang out with anybody, like that stuff affects you. It's awful. So this isn't an individual problem. This is a problem again of, um, societal prioritizing of incredibly weak-minded people and giving them power and a voice and i don't think people like that should have a voice because they're psychos yeah what what's kind of your vision of like stepping out of that and into a society that prioritizes um you know strong-minded or strong-willed individuals well once things re- like once the economy mm-hmm. actually goes to shit like they won't be able to pay people like you, like it's gonna happen. I think it's well. It's already inflating. Canada's inflated pretty bad. Um, and once their monthly payments to people stop, like we were paying two thousand dollars a month for people, and that ends in the fall, and then people will have to apply for unemployment, which is slightly less, I believe. And some people won't get that. And then the people that do get it might not be able to pay their rent because rent is still steadily rising. Um, and then maybe, you know, in a year or two when those locked down young people find someone to marry or be with, they'll be like, oh my God, I can never afford a house ever. And, you know, these things accumulate and systems can't support the entire country on welfare you have to have a productive middle class and how can you have a productive middle class when no one can afford the things the middle class is producing or when there's no workers for the middle class to produce anything or when the middle class has gone bankrupt because their businesses were closed for two years and then three years because no one was working at their businesses so it's it's just an accumulation of factors and there is a tipping point um, you can't print money forever. It's already inflating. And it's just at what rate is it going to inflate? Because <laughs> it's already pretty bad. What is it? Lumber is like 50% more expensive. It's more expensive. Maybe okay, 30%. Let's be, let's not be too extreme, but um, it's getting worse. It's not going down in price. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is like, you know, a fantastic opportunity for people that are on the beat a little bit to start building out the parallel economies uh yes and they should there's money everywhere you want to make money right now and you're not super skilled and you don't have too many resources start a daycare start a daycare from your home do you have a house do you rent a house do you have an extra room start a daycare do you know how in demand that is right now (laughs) everyone's working from home they can't freaking do their work um so that's just one example there's money everywhere you just have to want to work I think one interesting thing is like the schools are trash and they've been trash for a while. And I think a lot of people are waking up to that and it's pretty apparent, but the idea of like pod schooling, uh, because a lot of people aren't able to fully homeschool because, you know, single parents or or dual parent, dual working households. Start a good educational daycare, homeschool daycare. Do you know, like, Honestly, it doesn't take that many, uh, that much creative juice to come up with these things. Like I'm just firing this off 
um, a normal person could do it. Like learn phonics and offer phonics that you, you know, for five-year-olds at your daycare or whatever. Um, it's, and you'll make money. Parents are, I, I called daycares around my neighborhood just to see wait lists. They won't even take your name. There's wait list after wait list after wait list. They don't even want to talk to you. That's how in demand they are. And half of the centers are closing because they have no staff. So yeah. it's like people need to stop whining and find the money because it's there. Yeah. That's really interesting. That, that's definitely like a take I haven't seriously considered. Yeah. Hairdresser, like every, there's a shortage of everything right now everything it's involved handyman oh my goodness this i can't imagine a better time to become an electrician or a plumber holy moly these people to get an ac fixed you're like takes like at least a week ahead like you can't call someone anymore and they're like i'll be right there it's really hard everyone is in such high demand like people with real skills or real services to offer you money is everywhere you just have to Get off your butt. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, we're, tr we're trending towards some pretty precarious waters right now. Um, but what, what's got you hopeful in the future and stoked on life? Well, I'm pregnant, so that's really exciting. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm done. I'm done feeling crappy about everything. And I'm just looking forward to having another baby. I'm looking forward to buying more land. I'm looking forward to, you know, possibly having my parents live in the same area as me in a few years because they're tired of Canada. Um, you know, my parents went from being complete Canadian patriots to saying that it's communism again in six months and they're done. They're done with the country and that they're not, you know, they're not unique in that. There's been like a huge exodus of upper middle class uh, and rich people from Ontario. They just left, they went to America or whatever, wherever. Um, so I'm trying to just like have a very long-term vision about these things. And, you know, at the end of the day, like you can't control this stuff. You can only control your own attitude and um, your own choices. And unfortunately the majority of people are ruled by fear and are fully irrational and you can't change that. People have always been like that. So you just have to kind of make peace with the fact that you're an outlier and you need to find other people like you and you need to try and make these things not affect you as much as possible. And I come from a place of privilege saying that being a Texas resident, I acknowledge my privilege. <sighs> yeah. Definitely come from a place of privilege being an Arizona resident. We've got a pretty it's been, good here. It's been good here. It's been uh, good there. It's been absolutely fantastic. You've got the, you know, the, some of the counties like Pima County that I'm in has been a little bit tyrannical, but there's just such a strong libertarian backbone here uh, that people don't really put up with it. And, you know, there's the mob that is the mob and they don't really matter, but uh, we, we've been. We've been pretty solid. That's awesome. Yeah, I feel like that in Texas too. There's just too many reasonable people here uh, that prioritize their liberties over complete safety, which doesn't even exist anyways. That's my like, the, the mask thing with, on, on kids at school, like it just drives me nuts because 
let's say masks are, okay, let's, let, let's be very generous and say 60% effective. Okay, they're 60% effective in a single tested scenario. So if a kid is in a class with a bunch of other kids every day, every day, okay, uh, except the weekend, but five days a week, then every day they have a chance of still catching COVID, like a pretty big chance because <laughs> it's only 60% effective. So you're so hysterical about them wearing a mask because you're worried they will die of COVID, but you only love them 40%. Yeah. Or like, you sorry, you're willing to take a risk of 40%. You only love them 60%. You don't love them 100%. What? I don't get it. And then like, okay, well, you know, they're probably not going to die. They'll just get sick. Okay, let them get sick then. And if your kid is actually compromised, you're fucked up for sending them to school, mask or not. If you have a kid with a heart condition or a lung condition or whatever the conditions are that make COVID complicated for your child, please homeschool your child. My goodness. Uh, and these types of parents have the audacity to lecture us. And it's like, dude, you love your kids 60%. Like, you can fuck off. Yeah. I think what it comes down to is, is the teachers' unions. And the teacher, it's not about the kids. It's about the teachers feeling absolutely terrified. and not Well, I thought, no, I thought that. But the, the situation in, like, in, so my area in Texas is, like, pretty cool. And they've, uh, the schools here have not wanted to mask the kids. They've not wanted to. Two of the schools I know of actually had a policy against masks after trying them last year. They're following Abbott's orders and like happily. Um, and this is private schools and public schools, okay? And it's the parents. It's not the teachers. It's the parents. The parents are writing in, the parents are dropping out, the parents are threatening to pull their kids, the parents are the hysterical ones. It's not the teachers in this case. I think in places like New York, it's kind of a unified thing. They're all just kind of on the same page. Um, but here, no, it's the parents. Yeah, that's really interesting. And that kind of goes back to what you were talking about is choosing who you want to surround yourself with. Which yeah, and these are and like like honestly, you can't even you can't hide from these people anywhere. These are um, very Christian areas, very conservative areas. Uh, these I'm talking about two private Christian schools. One of them, like a fundamentalist Christian school, where they banned masks, and the teach some of the parents, not all of them, some of the parents made a stink, and the the school had to allow them to allow their kid to wear a mask, which is fine. If they want to put a mask on their kid, that's fine. That's their choice. But I'm just making a point here. It's the parents. Yeah. yeah. And the other one is a public school and it's very Christian and they've, they lost 50% of their attendance because they will not enforce masks. Well, I think ultimately homeschooling is a great idea and whatever it takes to get people out of the public school system is fantastic. These are like, some of these are charter schools and good schools. Like this is what I'm saying. These are good schools. These aren't like regular public schools. At the regular public school, you have no option. Like you either, whatever they decide and stuff. Um, 
but these are good schools with mostly good people and still enough of them are so terrified that they want to do this stuff. So um, I don't know, it's just like a flip side because I think a lot of us like to dismiss it and be like, oh, it's the, you know, teacher suck and the the structures are, enfor- you know, in making these enforcements. But I think this says something else about human nature. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's something that I've been like, why I think Bitcoin is such a powerful tool is, you know, we see the mob culture and, and people getting censored and, and getting their things shut. It's like the same attitude where it's just a small minority can go and figure out which bank you're using or payment processor and, and go after them and get, get you censored. And, you know, utilizing Bitcoin insulates you so much from that. And there is, I saw a story, there was a, a 16 year old kid that died of, uh, um, from the vaccine. Apparently I didn't read it, so I can't, you know, corroborate or, or say that it was is real, but I, I've seen some tweets about it that apparently GoFundMe, uh, took down this guy's uh fundraiser you know after his kid died and uh just blew my mind it's like here you go yeah, can't go against the narrative can't do it yeah if he if he said that he died of covid he would have raised a million dollars or whatever but um and, and it's very sad because it is so politicized and there's been tragedy on both sides like like young people have died from covid and young people have died from vaccine complications and no one wants to be honest about anything. And it just makes me very sad, but you know what? These things are adding up. And I mean, we saw like what Nicki Minaj tweet about her cousin losing his testicles or like his, his procreative abilities because of the vaccine and regular people are going to hear enough stories to make them question the narrative. And, you know, um, whatever people think of vaccines i don't know anyone damaged from a polio vaccine and everyone get you know like you can make the argument you know if you get enough oh yes but i don't know anyone who got one shot of a polio vaccine and got damaged i don't know anybody i personally know 50 percent of the people that are vaccinated of my personal uh acquaintances and friends um 50% of those people have had significant adverse effects, permanent significant damage, um, or yes, 50% of those. And then now about 80% of the people I know who are vaccinated have gotten COVID with symptoms. Um, and that's fine. They probably would have had worse symptoms if they weren't vaccinated. I'm not, you know, I think, I actually think the vaccine works to an extent. I don't think it works for super old people. I don't think it works for very immunocompromised people. I think it works for reasonably old people and it helps them not die. That's what I think. Um, But I'm just saying, I can kind of make a judgment after watching everything and having enough personal friendships and relationships and um, I don't want to, I don't need to look at statistics. I don't need to judge between those things. I can pull from, because per- I don't trust it, honestly. I don't trust the reporting. I don't trust any of the statistics or anything. I'm looking at my friends and family and I'm seeing with my own eyes, are they having adverse effects? Are they dying from COVID? Are they getting symptoms after they're vaccinated, etc. And 
my opinion hasn't been drastically changed by what I've seen in my, like with my two, own two eyes. And it's quite vastly different than what they're reporting. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, a, a really good baseline is just to know that the government lies about everything and that they're not really trusted authority for either morals or information. Yeah. People like to keep their jobs and their money. So they're going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is an incredibly powerful time to, or important time to not comply with that nonsense. Um, yeah. I mean, my advice to people and friends who are being cursed right now, especially in Canada, like all the universities are cursing people to get vaccinated. And I'm like, you know, if you feel a vaccination will help you, let's say you're around old people all the time or something, or you have whatever the reason is, then do it. It's your choice. But please don't get coerced into it because that's horrible. You will lose your dignity. If something happens to you, you will feel a lot of resentment and hatred and, and really weigh, th weigh those factors. Like, would you rather take the risk? Like you're hesitant for a reason. So like write that reason out and see, you know, if you, if you have a valid reason to be hesitant or not. And if it is valid, don't be coerced into doing a medical thing that you don't want to do. That is your right. I don't care what government or doctor says otherwise. It is your right. It's your body. And you can't have it both ways, especially in Canada. <laughs> you can't abort a baby at nine months, but not be able to say no to a vaccine. Sorry, Canada. Yeah. And I think for me, it, it brings to light, like there's so many things like this that are just so wrong. Like the mass surveillance, the financial surveillance. So like Biden's trying to push through this thing to... Uh, have banks report every transaction over like $600 or something like that. Uh, yeah. The cash reporting. It'll yeah. just add to the collapse. Yeah. It'll it's, just add to the collapse. Yeah. And so when I say like non-compliance, it's, it, it's, it's, a, I think it's all of it. Like, you know, we've um, allowed all of these things to get eroded and now we have a tool set that we can actually like have a meaningful fight back against and we also have a population that is starting to wake up to these things and, and see how wrong it is. And that's kind of my, my take on it. Yeah. I like my, I, you know, I think I will always advise as like just a default, uh, be smart, circumvent, don't do, try not to do anything illegal ever. Cause then they have something over you. Right. Um, and you know, f make them irrelevant make them irrelevant, whether it's slowly getting off the grid, whether it's having, you know, having alternate forms of um, monetary value, stores of value, uh, such as Bitcoin, <laughs> not going to shill anything else, property, Bitcoin, storable foods, things like that, skills, tradable skills, um, always good stuff. So make them irrelevant and I know it's, I know it can be really hard because people are trapped in jobs and situations and people depend on them. And again, coming from a place of privilege in Texas where we're not being coerced to do anything. Um, a lot of people are, and they have to make really big personal judgment calls. And it's really hard when a lot of the population isn't willing to do that. It's hard to do it by yourself. And it's kind of irrelevant when you just do it by yourself. Um, you need to hopefully do it in union with your community and there needs to be a chain effect. 
and the media is making that really hard right now. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Well, I really well, you <laughs> yeah, this was great. Um, yeah, um, sorry not to stay on longer. Had a long day today, but hope to be back soon enough. Yep, and that's super exciting to hear that you're pregnant again. Thank you. Yeah, let's do something before the third baby comes. Otherwise, I'll be indisposed for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. That was a lot of fun talking with Julia. Big thank you to her for coming on. And it was awesome to meet her at the Guns and Bitcoin conference. And she gave a great presentation, you know, just talking about the philosophy of Bitcoin and, you know, why all of this FUD about you know, the energy usage is stupid and whatever. I mean, it's just so ridiculous. Like these people uh, that lobby these attacks are just so lazy and so stupid. And I guess they've just gotten away with it because you have a lot of people that aren't paying attention who just kind of suck it up. And I think that's how it still is. But yeah, it seems like we're living in a time where if you fail to question and you fail to adapt, you're also going to fail to really succeed or, or maybe even survive at right? worst cases. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Bitcoin's so empowering. <laughs> I, I talked about it a little bit in the intro and, and throughout this episode. But yeah, I mean, we're just uncancelable at this point. And so you can live and, and really have this freedom in a time that's so tumultuous and it's just wonderful. But yeah, anyways, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, check out our other show, Toxic Airwaves. It's a really fun one happening Monday nights at uh, 5.30 uh, Arizona time. And yeah, have a good one.